You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Student Pastor Josh Barnett. Really, this word's been on my heart um, for a while now. Um, talking about, Paul said I was mentioned I was talking about honor. I really want to talk about recovering honor this morning. Uh, we're, <laughs> we seem to be a culture that's lost it. Um, we have no concept of honor, how to show it, who deserves it, or, or even what it is. And uh, Facebook makes it really obvious that uh, this leaven has also seeped into the church, um, especially through this election cycle and um, everything going on uh, in our nation this past year. Um, it, it's easy to uh, become a different person on Facebook. And um, I, I think today is a... Uh, Today, for all of us, myself included, is a call to repentance. Repentance means to change the way that you think. Because if we change the way that we think, it changes the way that we act, the way that we behave, um, the way that we live our lives. And that's why Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's like, stop thinking like the world and start thinking like I think. Start thinking um, like the kingdom. And so um, I really want to talk about recovering honor this morning. Our theme this year is essential, and honor is essential for every believer. Honor is essential for the church. It's not an old-fashioned thing, and it's not just something that we show to people that we agree with. Honor is not just something that we show to people that we get along with. Honor is not just something that we show to people that voted like us. God bless you. (laughs) Honor means that we treat people with high respect, with dignity, with distinction, with high esteem, and scripture commands us to do that. My theme verse for this morning is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Peter says, honor all men. All. A-L-L. All men. <laughs> honor all men. Love the family. Love the brotherhood. Love the church is what he's talking about. Fear God and honor the king. Fear God and honor the king. Honor all men, love the family, fear God and honor the king. That, that, that was his command to us. And I really want to bring up three main points this morning. Uh, number one is we are called to honor others. We are called to honor others. We are called, when I mean honor, I mean treat people like you would treat Jesus. We are called to treat all men, honor all men like they are created in the image of God. Treat them as ones created in the image of God. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. It might be quiet in here this morning. It's okay. I'm talking to myself too. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 says, You have heard, this is Jesus preaching in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you've heard the law says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken, give him your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What I want us to know this morning is that Jesus came to show us a better way. He came to show us a better way. We are commissioned to win people with love and grace and peace. Love and grace and peace. And I want you to know that love and peace are defiant to a culture that is bent on hate and war. So being loving and peaceful is defiant to the demonic activity in our culture. 
We are called to win people over with honor. Honor doesn't mean we agree with everything. It means I treat you with dignity and respect. Honor doesn't mean that I agree with everything. It means I treat you with dignity and respect no matter what you believe. We don't, and we don't honor people because they behave honorably. We honor people because we are honorable. Not because they deserve it, but because we are honorable, honorable and God commands it. <laughs> honor, honor always adds to people. It shows people that they are valuable even when they are not acting like it. And I was actually talking to Miss Hetty this morning. She was here in first service and I was talking to her after second service. And I said, Miss Hetty, I learned so much from you over the years, watching you talk to people, going with her to different places and seeing the way that she treated people that, that hated her, that could not stand her, that hated our group for what we were standing for. And I saw her able to step into a place where she disagreed with them. She, she spoke truth to them, but she made them feel like the most loved person on the planet. That's honor. That's what we're called to do. That's honor. (laughs) And and if you've ever talked to Miss Hetty, man, she told me some things over the years, <laughs> but I always felt loved when I left her presence, always felt valuable. And she, she was instrumental in the Holy Spirit, saving me from myself, instrumental in the Holy Spirit, saving me from hell. Honor makes other people's first, makes other people first. Matthew twenty two thirty nine says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love everyone as yourself, not love your Christian neighbor as yourself, not love your church family as yourself, not love just the believers that are in your family as yourself, love your neighbor as yourself, whether they're believers or unbelievers, we're supposed to love everyone as much as we love ourselves. And first Corinthians 13 tells us what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. Are you kind on Facebook? (laughs) Are you kind on Facebook? Listen, uh, and, and, and here's, we have to be able to step into a place where we can disagree and we can still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I don't wear a mask everywhere that I go and you can, if you want to, that's totally fine. It's okay. I'm kind of agnostic about it. If you want to go ahead and if you don't want to, whatever. Um, but we've got to step into a place as if someone aggressively comes towards me and attacks me with curse words that I can still honor that person. I can still, I respond to them with love and kindness, not with curse words. I don't treat them the way they're treating me. God bless you. That was free. Okay. Um, (laughs) Love is patient and kind. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love doesn't seek its own honor. Love shows honor. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they, Josh, you don't know what they said to me. Well, I mean, I do know that Romans 12 says, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. (laughs) Don't repay evil with evil is what it says. Overcome evil with good. Verse 10 in Romans 12 says, outdo each other in showing honor. Outdo each other in showing honor. So it's it's almost like we're in a little competition with each other of like, I want to show more honor to you than you show to me. I want to show more honor to people in Walmart than you're showing honor to people in Walmart. We're like supposed to outdo each other in showing people how valuable they are. (laughs) Here's what we need to know. Honor looks like washing other people's feet. honor looks like washing someone else's feet. And I've read this before or heard this. I I wasn't sure. I just put it in quotations. Um, When you wash someone else's feet, you find out why they walk the way they do. When you wash someone else's feet, you find out why they walk the way they do, why they behave the way that they do, why they act the way that they do, why they talk the way that they do. I also see that, Ju- that, that Jesus washed Judas's feet the night that Judas was going to betray him. Honor is not about getting the response that you want. It's about being obedient even unto betrayal. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our war is not against flesh and blood. We cannot see the person across from us, the person on the other side of Facebook, the person um, that we run into or the, our coworker that disagrees with us, our unbelieving family member that disagrees with us. We cannot see them as our enemy. We don't war against them. We war against the demonic stronghold that has blinded them. We war against darkness. 
Our flesh isn't against people, it's against darkness, it's against ideas that hold people captive, but we have to know it is still a war. It is still a war. Honor doesn't mean we're pacifists and let people abuse us. My goodness, Jesus let people know sometimes. I mean, Matthew 23, he let them Pharisees have it now. Boy, woe to you, you brood of vipers, <laughs> right? He let, Jesus let people have it. You know, he spoke, he spoke truth to people. <clears throat> We are to make sure that we are not taken captive by demonic ideas, but we wage war against them through faith, through prayer, through supernatural wisdom. And listen, don't debate with someone that you haven't prayed for. If you haven't wept for them in the secret place, don't debate them in the public place. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to win their heart? And we don't back down from truth, but we speak truth in love. We have to come at it with love, with grace. Jesus came to show us a better way. Honor people and honor our peers, honor our coworkers, honor our church family, honor our spouses, honor our spouses, honor your kids. We've got to come to a place as believers, a place of maturity that where we can stand and we can love each other and we can show honor to one another even when we disagree. And it's hard. And we, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know why we, why we get so offended when people disagree with us. It's like somebody disagrees with us and it's like our whole world just becomes unraveled. Why? <laughs> We can still love each other and be brothers and sisters of Christ when we disagree with each other. It's like, well, like I disagree with that, that one line of that one pastor sermon. And so I'm out of here. Why do you agree? So do you only keep people in your life where you agree with every single thing? You're going to be real lonely, real lonely. We've got to get, I talk about this often, but we've got to get to a place where we love each other despite our disagreements. We've got, like, as a church family, we agree on the main things. Like, we, like I'm, saved by faith, I'm saved by grace through faith. I believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. Like, there's some things that aren't, you know, aren't up for debate. But, you know, some smaller nuances, like, we, can we have some, we got to have some grace for each other. We have to have some grace for each other. <clears throat> Don't, it, I, man, I read this the other day and it rocked me. Don't let something that doesn't eternally matter cause you to lose things that do eternally matter. Don't let something that doesn't eternally matter cause you to lose things that do eternally matter. Uh, number two, let's talk about honoring leadership. God help me. <laughs> this has been, a, and I'm saying that because this has been a struggle for me. Like this has been a struggle in my own life. We are commanded by God in scripture to honor those that he has placed in authority over us. And he doesn't say like only if like you get, only if you voted for them. Only if you agreed that they were in power. No, we're supposed to honor them. You honor your father and mother and you didn't choose them. Young people, listen to me. Honor your father and mother and it doesn't have an expiration date on it. Once you turn 18, you don't get to throw up the middle finger and roll out. God bless you. <clears throat> we're supposed to honor our parental authority, our civil authority, our spiritual authority. Ephesians 6, back to young people. Ephesians 6 one through three. And this is, this is so good for us to know. And even for me to know, like I, like as a man, like I still have to show honor to my mom and dad, even when I don't want to, not that I have to do every single thing that they say, but I've got to hold them in high regard, high spec, high, high dignity, right? You know, like they wipe my butt when nobody else would come on. Somebody did, <laughs> man, I've got, I've got four kiddos <laughs> wiping a lot of butts. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it talks about you honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment given with the promise. You honor your father and mother, you live a long life and life will go well with you. Not only will you live a long time, but it will go well with you. Come on. Honor, honor your father and mother. And listen, you look at the list of the 10 commandments. The first four are about God, about obeying him, about honoring him. The last six are about honoring other people. The first one that he lists in those six is honor your father and mother. And, I, and just a, a quick example on, on how high of regard that God holds honor your father and mother. If you look in the Old Testament, 
in, um, I believe it's either first, first Chronicles chapter five. I think it actually may be second Chronicles. No, it's first Chronicles chapter five. First Chronicles chapter five. It says that Reuben was the firstborn of Jacob and he lost his birthright because he dishonored his father. Two other sons that Jacob had kept their birthright and they senselessly murdered people. Yeesh. (laughs) That's how high God holds honoring our father and our mother. Psalm, I love Psalms 127. Psalms 127 verses three through five are incredible. Uh, It talks about how uh, uh, children uh, given to a young man are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Blessed is he whose quiver is full of them. And my quiver is, we're, they were maxed out. Um, <clears throat> I got four of them, ages seven to uh, nine months old. So I need lots of prayer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love that it talks about being an arrow in the hands of a warrior. And, and young people submitting to your parents or submitting to your spiritual authority You've got to understand that an arrow is always pulled away from its target before it's launched towards it. And so listen to me, kids, teenagers, listen to me. When your parents are seemingly pulling you away from your destiny, they're pulling you close to their face. When an archer pulls back an arrow, he pulls it close to his face. And even, even us who are submitting to spiritual leaders, sometimes it seems like our spiritual leaders or, or the Lord is pulling us away from our destiny and close to his face. And if you will submit to the hand that pulls you away, you will be launched into your destiny and into your calling. But sometimes it doesn't make sense why I'm being pulled away. Sometimes it doesn't make sense why my mom won't let me do this. Sometimes it doesn't make sense why my pastor won't let me do this. Sometimes it doesn't make sense why my youth pastor told me not to date that boy. (laughs) Hebrews 13, 17 says to obey your spiritual leaders, um, that they've been placed over you and they are accountable to God. 1 Timothy 5.17 says that elders in the church, I love this one, elders in the church are worthy of double honor. Let's go. When do I get to become an elder? Come on, here we go. 1 <laughs> Thessalonians 5.12 says to honor those who teach you in the church. We, we have got to recover honor for our spiritual leaders in this nation. We've got to know. Are y'all okay? Okay. Some of y'all looking at me like, dude, let's wait until this is over. I'm going to show you honor. Okay. <laughs> You, you cannot receive anything from a spiritual leader if you're not expecting anything from them. You cannot receive from them if you're not expecting anything from them. And here, here is what we, we, we've got to know about our spiritual, the spiritual leaders in our life. Their job is to give you what you need, not what you want. Mm, I knew it would be quiet on that one. Spiritual leader's job is to give you what you need, not what you want. Beware of the coward that stands in a pulpit that is up here to tickle ears. Beware of the coward who is afraid to speak hard words. Yeesh. You've got to know that your spiritual leaders, they answer to God, not to you. <laughs> A spiritual leader's job is not to ask the people what they want out of church. A spiritual leader's job is to ask God what the church needs. Oh, yeah. I'm diving off into it. Younger generation, we have got to learn to step in a place of honor towards the older generation. They have wisdom that we need. And there are some things that they won't be able to give us unless we step into a place of honor. There are some things, and listen, I believe this is a spiritual principle. If I do not honor Paul the way that I'm supposed to honor Paul, there are going to be things in his heart that are not unlocked for me because I am unwilling to submit to him. Jesus, in Mark chapter 6, and we'll get to this later a little bit too. Mark chapter 6, Jesus couldn't perform. doesn't say that he wouldn't perform miracles. It says that he couldn't perform miracles because they did not honor his presence. They didn't honor his presence. So it was like their honor was going to unlock destiny inside of him. Your submission to your spiritual leaders is going to unlock something inside of them that God has for you. 
And so while you think they're old-fashioned, they're outdated, and they won't hear me, and they won't whatever, and they would whatever, maybe there's supernatural wisdom and gifts that God wants to give you through them, but he's not giving it to them because you're not submitting to them. So instead of pointing blame at them, maybe choose to honor them. God bless. <clears throat> honor stays when told no. It stays when it doesn't fully understand. We have got to know, a church, that, that um, comprehension is not a prerequisite. Pre- said that right? Prerequisite? Uh, for obedience. If you're going to wait to understand every little thing that God is going to, like you've got to understand everything that God tells you to do, you're going to be waiting forever. He's not going to give you the reason why all the time. He's just going to say go. And same with your spiritual authority. They're not always going to give you the reason why. You don't have to fully understand in order to submit, in order to honor. We've got to learn something the way that David honored Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 24, Saul Saul is hunting David, trying to kill him. Now, Pastor Tim and Paul, they've said some mean things to me, and I want you to feel sorry for me. They have said some mean things to me over the years. Now, I I deserved it. I needed to hear it. Um, But they've said some things to me, but they've never called me in their office and thrown spears at me. That happened to David twice. Twice. And Saul is on the hunt for David He comes into a cave to relieve himself, and you can interpret that how you want to. Um, And David is in the cave, comes up behind him, and cuts off part of his robe. Cuts off part of his robe. Now, kings in the Old Testament, when they 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 wore a robe, when they conquered other kings, they would take the robe from that king and sew it onto their robe. And so, the longer the robe, the more kingdoms they've conquered. That's why our God's robe fills the temple. Because he's conquered everybody. <laughs> he wins, if you didn't know. <laughs> and so Saul, what Saul was doing is he was going in and he was cutting off the robe of something that Saul had accomplished in his life that he had no right to accomplish. And I fear that many people, especially young people, is that we stand in a place that has been conquered by a leader before us. And because of their flaws or because they're not perfect or because whatever, in secret, we are cutting off their robe with our words. And God will not honor that. He will not honor that. He will not honor people coming to church and leaving and gossiping about the pastor because I think he should have said this differently. If you think that, don't go tell 10 of your friends. What good does that do? All you're doing is cutting off his authority in their eyes. If you have a problem with it, go to him, go to him. And I, listen, I've learned a lot just by watching other people's mistakes. You do that? Just watch what other dumb things that people do. And then I don't do those things. Um, but I've, I've watched over just me, I guess. Okay. I've watched over the years, the way that people have gone to, and I'm just using us as an example, because I've been, I've worked for Tim and Paul for the last 10 years. And I've watched the way that people have approached Tim about things in staff meetings and he didn't respond very well, but it's because they, they came at him very aggressively in front of people. When you come at people aggressively, do you know what comes up? Walls. People get defensive, right? And, and that, that's not a very honorable way to go. And this is helpful for boss, parents, whoever, friends. It's, this is very helpful for just practical advice. Go to them in secret and honor them and come to them with grace and said, hey, I hear I hear." your idea on this, but I don't understand your heart for it. Can you help me understand? I've gone to Tim and, and, and Paul different times and like, hey, I don't really understand why you're doing this, but I did not attack them in front of other people and I did not go behind their back and cut off the robes when they weren't looking. I went to them and listen, honor will win the ears of your leaders. Young people, teenagers, honor will win the ears of your parents. personal testimony. Okay. <laughs> I tried to honor my mom and dad, tried to do what they told me to. I tried to, I obeyed my curfew. I talked about how awesome they were. And it, it was not from, I didn't want to really manipulation is not good. You don't do it. You have to do it from the right heart. You do it for the right motive, right heart. Your parents will honor you with more freedom. Your parents will honor you with more favor. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> but I, but I've never gone to Paul and Tim and gracefully approached them about something and them shoved me out of their office. 
Now, they've, they list, they've listened to me because I've gracefully gone to them and said something to them. <clears throat> and listen, sometimes they've said things that I have found offensive, but many times I've got to look in the mirror and go, why is that offensive to me? We've got to get to a place where we're not so offended by tone. We, we've got to get to a place, please church, get to a place and understand that me and Paul, especially Paul, and Tim are humans. <laughs> we're humans. We're not always going to say the right things and we're not always going to say the right things the right way. Uh, but I, you know, I forgot you're perfect. <laughs> right, right. Can we, can we have some grace for each other? Do you always say every single thing that comes out of your mouth? Do you always say it the right way? No, nobody does. One man did. It was Jesus. Have some grace for your leaders. Honor your leaders. Is this making sense to us? Okay. <clears throat> and, and listen, you know, I believe that there may be some sitting in here today, maybe even some watching on a live stream where, you know, you're offended and, and you're thinking about leaving. And, and I want to say it's probably because you've been cutting off the robe of a leader instead of going and honoring them in a private place. Listen, I, Pastor Tim is one of the most honorable men that I've ever met. And I hold him in high honor. So don't come to me and try to cut off a robe. That, you know, you can kick rocks, okay? Um, <laughs> he, he, I, I appreciate that our pastor is a man's man and that he stands for truth. I do. I also, man, one thing that I love and so appreciate about Tim is he, when he preached Vision Sunday, and it was so good. It was so good. Oh, no. The next Sunday, he came out because somebody came to him in a place of honor. And he came out for 10 minutes and he repented in front of all of us for the tone that he used the Sunday before. He did. Not many leaders will do that. And, there were, and I still heard complaints. I still heard people cutting off his robe because he said something and they didn't like the way that he said it. Or they disagreed with one line in his sermon. We have an honorable pastor. He's a very, very, very honorable man. And I got through first service without crying, but y'all, y'all got me. Okay. We need to come to a place where we let God decide who's in charge. And we honor that person no matter what. That's what David did. True honor wins the ears of your leaders. And when David ran out of the cave and he repented to Saul, Saul repented to him. Now it didn't change Saul forever, but Saul, but he did win the ear of Saul in that moment. It's incredible. It's a incredible story. <clears throat> now, obviously flattery and manipulation, that's, that's pseudo honor. So, you know, it's a motive of your, it's a, it's a matter of motive. It's a matter of your heart. That's why Jesus said that their lips honor me, but their hearts are far from me. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, it's the spirit of Jezebel that does it for position. God bless you. Okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, uh, verses 40 through 42 says that, um, if you honor a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. If you honor a righteous man, you get a righteous man's reward. If you honor the father, you get Jesus. <clears throat> honor someone that God has sent and you'll receive from them <clears throat> the reward given to them. If you treat them as ordinary, you'll get no reward. Um, uh, Ephesians 6 verses 7 and 8 talks about working for your uh, employer, your boss, um, like you're working for Christ, not like you're working for them. You're not working for man. And if you are your own boss, you're working for your customer. So work for them. Do it for them like you would do it for Jesus. Whenever, before I was in ministry, whenever I, I did landscaping and I mowed lawns, um, I always wanted to treat that lawn that I was mowing like Jesus owned it. And I wanted to do my best job for him because that's what Ephesians says is that I'm doing it for him rather than for man. We've got to honor our, our civil authorities. Romans 13, um, we're supposed to be subject to our authority. We're supposed to honor them. That includes uh, police, mayors, city council, Congress, Senate, governors, our president. Doesn't mean that we agree with them. It doesn't mean that we don't hold them accountable. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't even mean that we don't criticize. It doesn't even mean that we don't speak truth, but we are still called to honor their position. 
We're still called to honor their authority. And 1 Timothy 2 says we are still supposed to pray for them. Whether you're happy about the outcome of the election or not makes no difference. You are still called to pray for them. You are still called to pray for them. We are still called to pray for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I disagree with about every single decision they make, but I'm still called to pray for them. And I understand if, if the church can get the revelation that our prayer has authority, we, might, we may see something change. But I, I want to let you know something. If you don't pray for them, who is speaking to their ears in unseen places? If we don't release messengers from heaven, if we don't release the power of the Holy Spirit to go influence them, then they're only being influenced by the demonic. God, right now we lift up Joe Biden to you and we lift up Kamala Harris and Lord, we ask that you would draw their hearts towards you. We ask that you would bring them into repentance. Lord, we ask that you would, that you would shine your favor and your grace upon them right now. God, that they would come to know the goodness of God. That they would come to know you, Lord. We, we realize that they are sinners just like we are. God, we ask that you would forgive the unforgivable in them just like you did in us. And you would forgive them, Lord, and draw their hearts to you. Lord, we ask for darkness to be exposed in our nation right now. We ask that you would shine your light. We ask that revival would take place. We ask that the church would stand up with a backbone like never before. But God, don't let us stand up with a backbone without a chest to love. Let us be people with courage and with love that stand up for truth, but that we also love those that we disagree with. In Jesus' name. We have the responsibility to treat every human being with a level of dignity and honor, not because they deserve it, but because they bear God's image. I want to end today with number three, honoring the Lord, honoring the Lord. Personal testimony, just in my own life, this statement bears, bears weight and truth. To the degree in which we honor God will be the degree in which we experience him. To the degree in which we honor him will be the degree in which we experience him. To the degree in which we encounter him. Many people want breakthrough, but few people want him. Many people want the kingdom, but few people want the king. But if you honor the king properly, he'll bring the kingdom with him. Back to Mark chapter 6, he was unable to do miracles. He was unable to do great works because of their familiarity with him. He began preaching, and the, the, the synagogue that he was in, they became, they became full of awe at the authority and the power that he was preaching in. And then it says, and then they recognized him. And they started saying, isn't this Mary's kid? Isn't this the carpenter's son? And it says that he could only do a few minor things in their town because, and he said a prophet is without honor in his hometown. People lose things that they don't have a high value for. People lose things that they don't have a high value for. You think about your wedding ring, you have a high value for it. You think about expensive jewelry that you have a high value for. You, you, you are honoring that piece of jewelry is what you're doing because of the covenant that it honors. You think about when you get a new car. When you get a new car, man, you, you know, you're vacuuming that thing out twice a week and you're washing it and you even spend the extra dollar to wax it. Like, you, you know, you take care of that thing. You park at the back of Walmart because um, you don't want a buggy to hit it, right? But over time, we begin to devalue it and we begin to not take care of, the, care of it as well. Be careful that that's not the way that you treat your relationship with Jesus. Be careful that you don't treat him like a used car. He is the king of kings. And he is always supposed to take precedence before everything else and priority over everything else. <clears throat> don't take him lightly. Keep him in first place. Keep him in the center. <clears throat> um, I, I want to say this too. Jesus, Jesus always comes when he's invited, but he only moves in power where he's honored. He always comes where he's invited, but he only moves in power where he's honored. In church today, in worship today, was his presence a top, a top priority for you? Did you come into church today expecting anything, or did you come out of obligation? Did you come out of religious duty? <clears throat> you know, I wasn't, wasn't really feeling worship today. It's not, it's not really my songs. 
Well, good news. They weren't written for you. God bless you. They weren't written for you. We didn't come here to worship you. We came here to worship Jesus. And it may not be exactly your style, but man, just read the words. We're just singing scripture. We're worshiping Jesus. Well, I don't really like, you know, I don't really like the drums and, you know, and that's just Brandon. I mean, my God, he's getting old and losing all his hair and having all these babies. And I've known him since he was in third grade. Like, goodness. And that's just Josh up there. You know, I've known him since he was a bonehead in high school. Me too. I think about it at night often, all the dumb things that I did. So, um, but, but if you have that familiarity, you're going to miss out on something that God wants to give you in his presence today. <clears throat> and, grace. Let's have grace for one another. Grace. Showing up 25 minutes late to church shows little honor. Little honor to our leaders, little honor to our volunteers who have been here since 7 a.m. Little, little honor to our church family and little honor to our king. And it shows that you may not hold in high value what we do here. So I, I want to say if you don't hold it in high value, don't expect much. Grace, God bless. Okay. <laughs> Parents, I want to let you know your kids are watching you. Paul said it perfect when he was stage hosting today. Our kids are watching us. They're watching what we honor. They're watching what we honor. They see what you value. They see what you show up on time for. They, sh- they, they watch what we give our money and our time to. Everyone gets to where they really want to be. You know, will you drive three hours and be 30 minutes early to their basketball game, but you won't drive 15 minutes to take them to kids' church? Yeesh, Sorry. That one hurt. <laughs> Where your treasure is, there's your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where is prayer, Bible, worship, church on your priority list? Do your kids see you pray anywhere else besides church? Do they see you reading your word? There are our young ones. We got little eyes. Everybody in here, there's little eyes watching you today. They're watching what we hold in high honor and high value. Did you come today expecting God to move? Or did you come in with walls up today? Did you come because you were expected to and maybe you're just ready to get out of here because it's getting close to noon? I want to say this. Beware of the leaven of urgency. Beware of the leaven of urgency. Always moving to the next thing because it's what's on the schedule. You know what? We have an enemy that wants us to move on out of here too. During worship, I think sometimes we think, can we just move on to the next song? That's, it's demonic. I'm not saying that you're demonic, but I'm saying that's, de- that's a demonic thought. That's influence that the enemy's coming and whispering because the enemy doesn't like when we are in here singing worship to Jesus. He also wants us to get out by noon. He hate the enemy hates this right here. Big time. So he's going to do whatever he can to keep you from coming in here. And he's going to do whatever he can to keep you from being involved in worship. And whatever he can to keep you from being involved in the word that is being preached even right now. Be careful that you don't fall into the leaven of urgency. Be careful that you don't put your agenda over his presence. We'll not go there for a second time. Second, second Samuel chapter 6 and 7 talks about when David becomes king and he goes to get, the first thing he wanted to do was go get the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines that had captured it and bring it to Jerusalem. That his first priority was God's presence. But he wanted to bring God's presence his way. So he, put, he puts the Ark of the Covenant on a cart with oxen and starts marching towards Jerusalem. And he, man, he's excited, he's celebrating. Ox stumbles, the Ark begins to fall. Uzzah puts his hand out, it kills him, strikes him dead. David was trying to streamline the presence of God because he found a more efficient way. There's a way that seems right, but in the end thereof is death. There is a way that seems right, but in the end thereof, it felt right, but it wasn't God's way. They were supposed to carry the Ark of the Covenant with poles, with priests, no matter how long it took to get there. Don't let urgency cause you to miss out on a moment that God has for you. Don't let urgency cause you to miss out on a moment that God has for you. Honor his presence over your agenda. I want to close with the story, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. 
Luke 7, verse 36 through 50, Jesus is invited to a man, a Pharisee, a man named Simon. And he goes. And he's sitting and he's eating dinner with all the religious leaders. And there's a woman that hears about him being there. And she's not a good woman. She's known, known as a prostitute in that town. And she walks right in the middle of their lunch meeting. And she falls at his feet. And she's weeping so much that her tears are covering his feet. And she sees that he's got dirt on his feet and that nobody honored him enough to wash his feet when he came into this place. And so all she has are her tears and her hair. And she begins to use her hair to wash his feet. And the religious leaders are indignant. I can't believe if Jesus knew who this woman was. He would not let her touch him. And then she pulls out a a jar of perfume that she probably had used many times to make herself smell good for other men. And it was probably her livelihood. She poured it all on his face. And Simon is indignant. Jesus shares this parable with him about forgiveness and rebukes him for thinking the way that he thought. I'm sorry, I'm snotty. Oh, God bless me. Okay. I'm afraid that many churches in America today are houses of Simon. Where Jesus is invited, but he's not all. And he always comes and he sits on the front row and he just waits for somebody to honor him. It's incredible because she didn't bring him lip lip service. She brought her heart. It's amazing because she doesn't even ask for forgiveness and he forgives her. And she doesn't even say a sinner's prayer and he tells her that her faith has saved her. And all she did was worship and all she did was honor. And I want to encourage you even in your secret place. If you don't have tears, maybe you're too familiar. And if you don't have kisses, maybe you're not in love. And if you don't have perfume or oil, maybe you're keeping what you have to yourself. He wants it all. He wants it all. He wants our hearts. He wants our whole heart. And he's so good because he just gives us himself in return and he's so much better than everything. Honoring his presence is so worth it. Honoring his presence is so worth it. Thanks, buddy. Now I'm a mess up here. Golly, I'm glad I don't have to wear makeup. Simon didn't receive anything because he was invited, but he didn't honor He didn't become vulnerable with his pain and his struggle. He didn't show love with his passion and he didn't give his resources with oil. And Jesus said, people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I want to let you know the more that you honor and submit to him, the more that he'll show up. (laughs) The more that he'll show up every day, moment by moment. Don't let this... Don't let your relationship with him be distant. Don't let it be something that you just experience on Sunday morning. Listen, if we all leave this place and we all go honor him in the secret place, if we'll all do that and we'll all go worship him and we'll all bring our hearts before him in your quiet time, your prayer closet, going to work and coming home from work, if you'll honor him with your kids at night, if you'll seek his presence, if you'll make him the center of your life, if we all go and do that and we come back in here, his power will break out exponentially. Because where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm among them. And maybe one reason he doesn't break out in power in churches is because maybe we're not gathered in his name. Maybe we're gathered because we want the worship team to entertain us. But the worship team's not here to entertain you, they're here to entertain him. And if you, he says that if you'll honor me in secret, I will honor you in public. If you'll honor me in secret, you'll honor me in public. Maybe you don't have the courage to evangelize to people. Maybe you don't have the courage to share with your coworker the faith that you have or with your family the faith that you have. Maybe you're afraid to, to even pray for people in public or afraid to pray with your family. Maybe it's because you're not honoring him in the secret place. 
You're not honoring him when you're by yourself. You're not, oh, you, maybe you're opening up the word obligation, obligation rather than opening up the word because you're on a date with him. Well, it sounds kind of weird. Well, you're his bride. You're welcome. <laughs> the more you honor him in secret, the more he'll shine on you in public. Y'all stand with me. Let's pray. And if we'll, if we will honor him, if we will honor him in the secret place, I bet you'll find it easier to honor our leadership. If you'll honor him in in, in the secret place, it'll be easier to honor your family. It'll be easier to honor your spouse. Men, we've got to honor our wives. First Peter says that if you don't honor your wife, God's not listening to you. I didn't say it. He did. And honoring your wife isn't just being kind to her in public, it's being kind to her in private. Honoring your wife is also honoring her when you're not with her. Somebody needed to hear that. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Jesus. Jesus. Is there, is there anybody in the room that... You know, as I was speaking today, I know some of these words were hard, but is there anybody in the room that, you know, um, maybe there's just some repentance that needs to take place in the way that you have been uh, thinking about our leaders in our nation um, or the leadership of our church um, or spiritual leaders in your own life or maybe your mom or dad? Is there anybody that says you just and everybody's head is bowed, everybody's eyes are closed, but just just for me. So me and you can have this moment here with the Lord. Is there anybody that says raise your hand and say, I need to repent? for the way that I've been talking about leaders in my life, the way that I've been thinking about leaders in my life. And listen, my hands are with you. I have said some not nice things about Joe Biden lately, and I need to repent of that. I have said some not nice things about leadership when they haven't been around. I've said some not good things about my mom and my dad when, they need, when they're not around, and I need to repent with you this morning. God, we repent before you. We repent before you this morning. Lord, teach us how to honor Teach us how to honor our leadership. Teach us how to honor our parents. Fill our hearts with love for the people that are around us. Fill our hearts with love for our families, for our coworkers. Lord, for that, that person who's always trying to argue with us at work, that, or, or that family member who's always trying to argue with us over politics. Lord, fill our heart with love for them. That we wouldn't so, be so bent on being right and arguing with them, but we would be full of your love for them and we would speak truth to them in love and we wouldn't let disagreements fracture relationships. God, we repent before you this morning. And Lord, we repent for not honoring your presence like we should. Teach us how to honor your presence. Lord, teach us how to redeem moments of our day that we spend in communion with you. Lord, teach us how to abide with you. Teach us how to remain with you. Teach us how to become one with you. Teach us how to honor God. Don't let us be a people who honor you with our lips, who honor you one hour a week. but that we'd be a people who honor you every moment of every day, that we would shine bright for you, that we would walk in authority, God, that we would realize that we have the authority to tear down strongholds, we have the authority to tear down demonic ideas, that we have the authority to shine bright in the darkness. Even though it looks dark on TV, I believe there's a great awakening happening in the church across our nation right now, from California to New York to Florida, all across our nation churches are waking up churches are beginning to shine brighter than ever before i believe across the world right now that more people are coming to know jesus than ever have been in history i believe that the darkness is shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter i believe that a great awakening is awakening is happening in the globe specifically in the bride specifically in the body of christ that an awakening is happening and we're waking up lord and we're 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 discerning truth that we're not getting truth from from, a, from news outlets, but we're getting truth from your word, God, and that we are going out to wage war against the enemy, the enemy that's already been defeated, the enemy that is already finished, God. Show us that all we have to do is make an announcement that his end is here because we walked in the room with you. 
God, I thank you for Christian Ministry Church. I thank you for every single member in here right now. I thank you for every single person watching online. I ask for your favor to shine on them right now. I ask for walls to come down, for offenses to come down, for wounds to be healed in the, in the place of the heart, in the place of the mind. I pray health over physical bodies from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet that we would walk in wholeness that we would walk in healing. God, I I loose your healing power in this room right now. God, I ask that spiritual giftings would begin to awaken in this body of Christ. I see prophets' prophets' voices opening up right now. I see prophetesses' voices opening up right now. I believe right now in this room and watching on live stream, there are women that are wanting their husbands to get to the feet of Jesus. And I see and I say, Woman, if you will get to the feet of Jesus, he will follow. If you get to the feet of Jesus, he will follow. If you will live this thing out, he will follow. I see, I see redemption coming to families right now because of a woman in the home. Jesus honors women more than any other. <laughs> he honors women. He created women last. He spent six verses talking about Eve and one about Adam. He honors women. Women were the first preachers of the gospel. I believe that there are women that are taking the gospel to their husbands this week. And because of that, they're going to run to Jesus just like Peter and John did. Jesus. Man, I feel you, Holy Spirit. I feel you, Holy Spirit. I call down fear and I call down anxiety and I call down depression in this house right now in Jesus' name. And homes that are watching online and that will be watching this week. I see a man driving in a white truck as he's listening to this on on podcast and I'm breaking fear off in Jesus name. He's worried about his business. He's worried about his livelihood. He's worried about how he's going to feed his family. And God says, I got you, son. I will not let my children go hungry. I'm providing for you and I'm providing for them. And I'm going to bless your children's children's children. Jesus, we love you. I'm thankful for this church. God, I lift up Tim and Terry and Paul and Angela to you right now. I'm thankful for the incredible leaders that we have, the incredible pastors that we have. Lord, I ask that 2021 would be the greatest year of increase they've ever seen. The greatest year of increase in in anointing, the greatest year of increase in favor, the greatest year of increase in finances, that everything that they touch will prosper. And every word that they speak, that darkness will run away from them and darkness will scatter. God, we honor our leaders this morning. We lift them up to you. We place them in your hands, God. We're grateful, Lord. I can only imagine the weight of leading a church through 2020. My goodness. You can't make a right decision. And God, we bless them that they led us through faithfully. That they have been here for years. They've been here for more than a generation now leading this church faithfully. And we bless them, God. And we raise them up in honor in our hearts right now, God. We ask that you would fill their lives like you've never filled them before. We ask for health on their families, on their homes. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Teach us how to honor. We love you, God. Lord, may this service be a mark on our hearts that we would never forget this moment, that we would remember this moment where we learned how to honor you and how to honor our brothers and sisters in Christ and how to even honor our enemies, even honor those who persecute us. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord. We seal this time and we go out to shine forth your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.